Welcome to All In Uncensored with Ryan and Brian, episode 16 today. Episode 16. Today we have a special guest with us. We're going to be bridging the gap with one Mr. Matt Means. Oh boy. Yeah, buddy. How you doing today, Matt? Wet. It's very wet outside. It is, it's, <laughs> it's a very uh, February day. Yeah, it's great to destage a place and try and keep your stuff dry. It's great. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Matt is part of the Joe Jensen group with Remax Northwest. Correct. Out of Gig Harbor, Washington. And so he's going to be giving us some insights into the real estate industry today, sharing his truth. Always, <laughs> whether you like it or not. That's right. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us how you got started and um, oh, geez. All, the, all the things. Okay. So um, started about seven and a half years ago. I worked in civil construction. 25, 28 years and uh, just wore my body out. So I need to do something different. So got into real estate, did a little bit of land. My mom had already been doing it 25 years. So um, she had me do it on my own for a year. And first year I did 27 deals. So that was good enough that she left me alone and was able to show that I could produce and work well and self-motivate and everything. So then we partnered up and then took off from there. So we do Typically, we do 45, 50 deals a year, um, five of those seven years. One year, we did 83, 87. Last year was the worst year since 2008. We still did 32. So Good work. Yeah. So that was a good year, even yeah. though. So, But we told everybody, don't buy a house unless you have to because interest rates suck so bad. Did so. you sell the only 32 houses last year? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Pretty darn close. I hope not. <laughs> Dude, I, so, I, yeah. I think you and I first met when you first got going. Yeah, yeah. We met within the first three, four yeah. months. And you were cutting your teeth on some tough deals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Trial by fire. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, typically, if you look at active, pending, back to active, back on the market, you'll see 25% trend. And it, it stays true, 25, 30, 40 um, it really spikes in that, but we typically maybe have one or two deals that go bad a year. So we, we always realize that there's problems, but there's always a solution always and a not solution. to magnify it. So we try and we find out from somebody, you know, a, a problem before we clients, we call our clients, we usually already have a solution. Yeah. So that way we're diffusing it and keeping it as emotionally level as possible, although I'm high energy. So that's pretty tough to do. <laughs> well, also your construction background, because you and I have a similar background there. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So like coming out of construction into a sales environment, you really had to like tone down the profanity. Yeah. Five so words like, or less and F use one of those five. It's my <laughs> vocabulary really had to expand. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, you to, so, so that was you tough. You have to care for people. Yeah, I yeah. do care for people, but do. with the F you in it, it doesn't yeah. work out well. So that was really changing my whole vocabulary, my approach, because um, I'm high energy, so it's usually you hate me or you love me, and not much in between. So um, impressions are something I really had to work on to tone it down and yeah. try and be quiet because we all three are big men as it is, you know, over six foot two. So that is challenging for us to be nice and calming. Yeah. And that as is, so that yeah. it's nice because you have a soft voice. That I, you've actually helped me a lot too with. Oh, thanks, man. Trying to tone it down, you really have through the years, and and we would always work on different transactions, have problem solutions, mm -hmm. and work. And I loved it. And then as an environment changed, interest rates spiked. I love that you left the company you did 
to service the clients because that's what I always believe is best is servicing the yeah. clients. So when the interest rate is spike, I'm like, don't buy a house. Unless you have to buy or sell, you'll be in the same situation. It'll be higher interest rates. Now is the first time December where I change my gears like interest rates are going down. It is the time to buy because we had such a terrible year last year in 23, the worst since 2008 that now everyone's going to hit the market waiting for the interest rates to drop back down in the fives and then everyone's going to jump aboard. Then you'll be paying $80,000 more for the same house. So yeah, if you have that. not bought a house yet, Buy my one. recommendation, Joe Jens's recommendation, Kimber Parker's recommendation, our recommendation is Get pre-qualified now so when that house does pop up, you're ready to buy it now before interest rates drop because is it cheaper to pay $80,000 more for a house or to refi a house? I mean, I'm not a lender. I'm not an expert. I think it's cheaper to refinance. I would say I so. Yeah. I would say or two, four grand is cheaper than 80,000. 80. Yes. I just, I, I'm not very good at math, but that math makes <laughs> much more sense to me when there's a zero missing yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. and it's in the thousand marker. I'm just saying. So yeah. it's interesting because you actually have two. We've, um, you and I have collaborated as well with your team about how to get creative as well with real estate. So you have a lot of people with a ton of equity in their home selling. They're yep. scared to purchase and they want to try to sell their home first, but we're finding creative ways to where they don't have to sell. They can buy the house and then instead of having to pay for a refinance, they recast the loan with the equity from the sale of their home. Yeah. And we're finding a lot of really great value to that. That has been really nice because instead of doing a bridge loan, where traditionally they're real top heavy with fees. Um, we've been able to transfer it over. You found it, a line of credit option that we're able to pull it. There's no prepayment penalties. So they find the perfect house, they move out, they move out. Then Joe and I come in and we look at the house and we see that Okay, this, this, and this needs to be done. If you want to get this money, it's vacant. Yep. We're going to stage it, leave something behind. We'll just vignette it, meaning we add color to it, to your existing things like that. We have we have over 800 square feet of staging materials just sitting in a barn. So, oh, really? That's great. Yeah, people don't in even know. In a bronze know, French so. bulldog. Yeah, that's the, that's the kicker. <laughs> French bulldog. He shows up on open every, houses. every open house. Is that the we guard love? dog? <laughs> it is. Just to get a good reaction, people walk in, whoa! It's like, yeah, look out for the dog. <laughs> Little Frenchie's going to get you. I so. think one time he said, yeah, you know, my dog died, so we decided to bronze him, and he comes with me to every open house. <laughs> they <laughs> they, he was they said, really? I go, no, no, not at all. Look at this face. I don't have a poker face. I cannot lie. Dude, that was so, so. funny. <laughs> yeah, so how did you get the nickname Chatty Matty? Oh gosh! So, do you really question that? Not really, but yeah. Okay. I just want to hear the I want well, to hear the okay. origin story. It's like I think how did it, Wolverine get established? Yeah, know? I think right. it's my sister's fault, um, who passed away last uh, January. So, rest in peace, Autumn. But um, I was two and a half. She was adopted from Korea. She didn't speak a lick of English. Send everything I didn't said. I was teaching her how to speak English. So it just continued on, and then we brought in. Um, we sponsored families from Southeast Asia. Um, my parents did a lot. I had 13 foster brothers, two foster sisters, adopted an adopted sister, and I was the youngest typically. So I always was outspoken. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that cool. was that. We've hung out a few times. You're yeah. Like, I, I love listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got so many good stories. I have yes. too many stories. I, yeah, I've been like told I need to write a book or your, a few. Like every, yeah. I was raised like the jerk, like, you know, I was, a, I was I'm not usually like one to sit back and just listen because I like to chat too, uh -huh. but you have some amazing stories that are just really fun to sit back and listen to. Yeah. And, and because of that, I, 
I've experienced a lot of diversity, um, a lot of overcoming, a lot of things throughout life. So problem solutions, yeah, it gets me absolutely because I take things personally. I always want to do great for my clients. So mm -hmm. I really don't want to go to bed without any problems resolved. That's that's real tough to me. It eats on me. I know it eats on you. Yep. I know it eats on you. Well, so we talk about this all the time on our podcast, having a servant's heart, and you are you definitely exemplify that. And that's the reason why you guys work so well together. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We do what's best for the client. The money's yeah, just a byproduct. Absolutely. Exactly. It doesn't matter. If 100%. you do good for others, karma's good to you. Yep. So. And sometimes that means just walking away from something too. Yeah. And like, hey, you know what? You're going to be better served by working with this person over here. You've had to make a couple of those tough calls. And yeah, absolutely. And yep. Where we've, where we've outgrown each other and we're yeah. not listening to each other anymore. We don't believe that we're bringing a service or don't have time and it's not a priority. And then, um, Clients suffer because of that. The listing suffers because of that. Uh, things like that, where you just outgrow each other sometimes, and it it ends amicably. But yeah, you've got to you've got to come to the point in time where hey, we've outgrown each other. You know, your your business is way outgrown what I do, my sphere, and yep. and that, and just um, continue to embrace people and and continue to root for them and moving forward. So it's it's really a neat thing when you just see people grow in that and take your knowledge and your experience and go to that level and then take it even higher. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So what are a couple of the people. funniest things you've seen as a real estate agent oh my in gosh. your experience? The funniest things that I have seen as a realtor. Ah, um, walking into a house and hearing scuttering underneath the house. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And then I go and then I look out the window and I see three people running away. What? People, people, yeah, people. That's not <laughs> what I expected. Yeah. People, it was people. What? Yeah, they were living underneath the house. They cut out all the copper wires. Oh and all no! The, all the um, plumbing and everything, and then they dug holes and like built a little area for themselves to live in underneath the house. So is this a place that so, you were listing or is this a place you no, were showing a, people? I was I was showing a client of ours. No way. <laughs> a possible oh, really? um, update and yeah, it really needs some work. And luckily he yeah, usually like buys wiring. something, waits two or three years and then we'll relist it. But so I usually go in, scope it out, tell him the scope of work and give him a generalities of even the cost, if it's gonna waste his time or not before he comes in. So. Luckily, That's a lot of crazy. that flipping went around, so he wouldn't have to hang on so long to it. But yeah, so um, squatters not in the house, but under the house. That was pretty cool. That's a different one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty wild. And then calling them in the bank, they didn't care. So uh, we're not doing anything about it. So back in 2008, so, uh, when I, I think I've shared this story in like episode two or something where I had my grandma's seizure and my wife and I lost everything due to a medical bankruptcy. Uh, but one of the houses uh, that we owned was on Pearl Street in Tacoma. And the tenants had left the home and it was just sitting vacant and some squatters came in there. When we, when we went in there to try to sell the house and looked at, they had like smeared human feces like all over the walls. Oh no. The toilets were completely clogged. I mean, it was just literally a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Figuratively. Yeah. And literally. And literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's do, disgusting. Do people do really do this? It's like, it was crazy. I mean, ultimately it went back to the bank and it was their problem, but I was like, I can't believe people actually do this stuff. Oh <gasps> my goodness. Who was, it, what yeah. was the worst for you? As a loan officer. The worst? Yeah. Um, experience or weirdest or funniest? Or? I would say my, my I, the worst was early in my career, um, not really knowing what to look out for and not being seasoned enough. And uh, I remember a client that we were a few days away from closing 
and uh, something popped up in underwriting that they didn't catch the first time. We already had approval. They caught it the second time, and um, they had already moved out of their their old house. They're moving um, out of state into state, and uh, holy smokes! I really learned that you got to cr- dot your eyes and cross your t's on on certain things, and and that was a really hard one. I, yeah. I used to, I, I still do. I take I take I take my job very very personally. Yeah, and that. Uh, crushed me. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't sleep yeah. for a few nights, did you? I uh, definitely didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Buying and selling a house is one of the top five most stressful things in life. So, and we have that no wonder those things, and you have the fiduciary responsibility. I just see the, okay, the timelines of what needs to move where and yeah. coming from construction project make, makes it real easy. And then growing up, I wanted to be an architect. So I know code and things like that. I've got two uncles and a stepdad that built homes too. So let's talk about that further. So you're, what I have realized with you on the real estate end of things is your background in civil construction and engineering, like hands down gives you a, a superior advantage in this market because you can go into and understand like how um, permitting will work for various lots and development or splitting, doing subdivisions and stuff like that. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it sucks <laughs> because the commi- you do way more work for a lot less money. Right. So there is no experience in it. So the broker on the other side won't know anything about the listing or the property, whether buying or selling. And then the selling side, they don't want to deal with land because the commission's not there to deal with it. It used to be five and right. 10, it used to be 5%. Now it's two and a half, three percent 3% on each side, four to 6% max. You do a lot more work for land than you do. And it's a longer span of feasibility and everything else and knowing who to send it to, to do that work or doing it myself. Um, the legwork in that, and they just love to have consultants in that down at um, Planning and Development at Pierce County. So it's challenging. City Tacoma is great to work yeah. with, but Pierce County, it's a different animal. Lots of them have left and become consultants. So it's best to hire a consultant. I hate to say that, but it's it's yeah. uh, the good old people. You, you are able to advise so. like the people, like you have a listing coming up that we're going to be doing an open house, either Ryan or myself or both of us on Saturday with you, mm-hmm. uh, where you did some digging and found out that it could be considered a multifamily property. Yeah, by condominiumizing it. So they yeah. wouldn't allow it. MLS, Northwest MLS would not allow it first. But then I looked up a couple other ones that had been listed as multifamily with ADUs. And they, I said, why can't I list this DADU, which is a um, detached accessory dwelling unit? And they said, well, because it doesn't have meters for the property, for water, sewer doesn't need it, for water, power, and natural gas. I go, yeah, but if I condominiumize it, have it written up. Yeah. And we can do it. And I have a person, share an stuff. attorney that yeah. is able to write it up if that's the route they want to go. We've done it many times, thanks to my mom. My mom has lots of experience doing that. They go, oh yeah, then you can list as multifamily so then we're able to move that direction because it's got a great little attached uh, unit up above that would be great for Airbnb. And you can make generate a lot of income revenue because a gorgeous view looking from the Black Hills all the way to the Olympics across, directly across the Fox Island and the UP. So. I think that's something really, really nice cool piece. that that I know it's happening a lot in King County. You know, the bigger lots up there, they're allowing people to put ADUs in their backyard. Yeah. Um, I hope that continues to grow because it, it'll help solve a lot of the housing issues right now. Yeah, and Tacoma's still doing studies yeah, I know. on oh, that they? and starting to allow some, but very restrictive. I mean, and then they passed a law in Olympia that's supposed to take effect 2025. 
that you can build anything as long as infrastructure will allow it within city limits. We're in such a housing crisis. That's the other reason why we're gonna see a big boom in multiple office situations. We're still in a housing crisis. We still had four to 6% equity growth last year in homes in Pierce County, depending on what area you lived in, despite but the, typical growth despite everywhere. Despite the huge rates. Increases. Yeah, besides the huge rates. And the reason is the difference between 2008 and now is no inventory. So we had more days on market because people had to swallow that pill. So average days on market were 40. So I believe that I read, well, I did read this. I believe it to be true. The amount of homes that were sold last year, the last time we had less was 1995. Our population now is 50% higher. Yeah. All these people that are preaching to their um, first-time homebuyer kids and and nieces and nephews that, you know, now is not a good time to buy. Well, let's flip that script. Is now a good time to own? Is is there ever a time in history where it's a bad time to own? Right. 10 years from now, will it have been a good time to buy now? Oh, absolutely. It will be a great time to buy right now. Yeah. Um, they are so worried that we're in this housing bubble, same as 2008. But like we just talked about, supply and demand, yep. we are so far away we're many, many years away from that equalizing. Yeah. And the big reason really does have a lot to do with 2008. The builders stopped building for a few years. Yep. And they're still not building at the pace that they were. As and they stopped last year. So I have five builders I work with, one built. Yeah. And it's currently building. And that's because it's a higher end home because that demographic, it doesn't matter because yeah. they're paying cash typically. I want to say this. You and I talked about this on, the, on our car ride today. The government needs to step in and incentivize builders to build first-time home for lower-income homes yep. for first-time home buyers. They need to—I don't know—I don't know what if they need to give them tax incentives, some kind of incentive to get them to build your fourteen, fifteen hundred square foot, three-bedroom, three one bath. and a half bath, yep. two bath. Like we had post-World War II, like we had into the 50s. I mean, my house off 1712 South Washington Street was a HUD home. So that HUD program has gone away. Now they're just building multi-handles, low income that you're renting from. You're not becoming a homeowner. When you rent, you're throwing that money away. When you buy that house, the very least is you're going to get that money back, typically within three years, not five years. Typically, you're going to get more money back. I owned my house 2007 to 2021. And let me see, I bought it for 420. I sold it for nine, excuse me, 865. More than doubled the money. And yet my mortgage was 2200 when I bought it. I think 3200 after I refied and remodeled, pulled money out to remodel it. So 3200 a month, I saw all that and more back. So yeah, yeah. it makes sense to still own a house. Talk to your parents that were paying in the 70s and 80s. 18% interest. 18% yeah. interest, and they still are money ahead. Speaking yeah. of makes sense to own a house, what would you, if a first-time home buyer is coming to you, or any home buyer for that means, they're coming to you and they ask you, what should I expect after closing? Home ownership beyond. Next 10 years, five years. What do I expect in home ownership? As what is your advice? Oh, that... I mean, now to look out for things to. Yeah. So with, we always recommend a home inspection. So that way it's like the blueprint that you get in your car manual. Okay. 30,000 miles. I got to do this. 60,000 miles. I got to do this. I got to change my oil every so often. You got to change the air filter in your furnace every so often. So we always recommend buyer or seller selling. They go, Hey, I'm going to do a pre-inspection. Well, they picked out that inspector. If they missed anything, 
they paid 425, 475, that's all that the inspector is liable for, so they may go after the homeowner. So we always recommend having a home inspection done by the buyers. Yep. They pick it out, they get to see it, they get explained everything to go through it, so that way they see everything during your home ownership. Okay, the roof has 12 more years on, I expect that, so I'm gonna budget for that, yeah. put that aside because I know the expenses mm -hmm. there. The windows, you know, they said lifetime, but vinyl windows, but they typically are seeing get a, get a home warranty years, for so. the like hot water tank and stuff like that. Yeah. Too, you know? Yep. And you can look at home warranty options if you don't have the funds and it's going to pop up in the next three years. And we're in a multiple offer situation. There's solutions for everything. So yeah. home warranties are a good one too. Yeah. If you don't have the total funds, home warranties four to 500 bucks out of pocket. If that, depending on what you're covering, your appliances that too. So, yep. Lots of I've good I've actually things. had clients use their home warranty. I have too. Yeah. And it's yeah. worked. Yeah. So have we. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's a little bit uh, pulling teeth to get it to get it approved, but right. it works. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they are an insurance company and sometimes they aren't the best insurance companies, but they do work. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think it's one of the most important things to get, uh, especially for first time home buyers that may not be thinking about budgeting for that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to have a rainy day fund. You don't want to take all your money and put it in for a down payment yep. and or closing costs. You want to have yeah. some funds left over in case something happens because you do own now. Yeah. You and everyone's saying 20% down, you know, because no. you don't want to pay PMI. Now 5% down, the PMI is a lot less than it was five, 10 years ago. So right. there's other programs out there. That's what I love about you guys is you guys have so many different programs, so many different options. So for so many different sorts in their lives, whether in the medical field, you know, um, a police officer, a nurse. There's so many other programs out there. There's first time buyer programs that I keep trying to get people to look at buying because right now is the perfect time to do it where a seller is more willing to give concessions to it because they've been on the market a little longer yep. than what we're gonna see in June, July, August to the end of the year. We're done with it. That's first time buyers board. are missing their window right now. This is when they should be buying. In June, it'll be too late likely. Yeah, yeah. Not, that's my not production. even necessarily first time home buyers, all home buyers. Yeah, like absolutely. If, if you think you want to be in the market, this is a great time. This to is buy the it. time to be on it. So yeah. when that house does come on, you're ready to go. Yeah. You're pre qualified because come June or July, it's going to be multiple offer situations. Yeah. I totally agree. So May, May. Yeah. <laughs> May's going to be great. Realistic. <laughs> May's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. And we're only three months away. Yeah. It's, so. it's ramp up time. It's go yeah, time. It is. Time, like you think that's three months away. Oh, I've got time. You don't. Like, no, get your pre-approval process started yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of peace. We have double digit listings between now and then. So we're, some people are definitely taking our advice. That's great. Yeah. So, well, that's because you guys consult and you, you are really trusted advisors. Like your group, your real estate group is amazing that way. Yeah. And I see you. that like your, your clients are lucky to have you guys. Yeah. You're yeah. Really we're, we're really lucky. Almost all our clients are repeat clients. So yeah because trust is innate. So that, that makes it good that they know that we're yep. just looking out for their best interests. And that's why we have repeat clientele Yeah, because of that. And generational referrals too. Yeah, yeah. I think mom last year had a fourth generation great granddaughter by that is insane. her first wow. house. We like, that's so what? Cool. That's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah. Met when a grandparents bought and she was like this big and then great grandparents. And then she came up and says, yeah, you, I knew one day I was going to buy my house from you. Just knocked on the door, came in the office. My mom's like, I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> and then funny. heard the family and then how big it was. There was like 15 homes we'd sold to the, 
the family, the parents as they downsize and their kids and then a granddaughter, the oldest. So great granddaughter, granddaughter. So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. <laughs> I love so you that. influence lives whether you know it or not. I mean, doing this job and uh, a thing that I heard that really stuck with me years ago was um, the three most influenced, uh, the influenceable jobs on in society. And I just totally kiboshed that. But Influential? So, yeah. Who's the most influential jobs um, in a society? Probably a like teacher would a be city. one. Bingo. Real estate agent. Number three. Really? <laughs> yeah. Number two. Lenders, no. Police officers. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. They get they get trashed on oh, so much. Oh, they get much. trashed so bad. Nobody wants to be a police officer. So when someone complains about it, I'm always... Because my mom and I aren't about politics. We're about see a problem, fix a fix problem, a problem. Find, find a solution. Just don't complain about it. And so when we hear all this whining and everything about it, which it, it really is. I mean, it falls on the hands of them. Our mental health has been depleted. The, the United States, Washington State's like number 48 for the least amount of mental health. So that falls on the police department that they're dealing yeah, with they're mental so health more than anything. They're wearing so many hats that can't functionally do the job they're paid to do. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. That's a whole rabbit hole we could go down all right. on its own. So we started because <laughs> we saw that. So yeah. we started a scholarship program via my cousin who spent most of his life incarcerated. So the Go Joseph Gary Jensen Scholarship at University of Washington for those previously incarcerated with at least a two-year degree, trying to get a degree in something to help society. And many of them became liaison officers. I think we've done eight or nine now. Um, many of them became liaison officers for different communities. We have one, uh, Keith Whiteman, down in I City Olympia. Keith. And he, he is such a good guy. Yeah, we've done many loans and transactions with him. Yeah. So he, he's <laughs> like, he's like, so I got this job. I got on uh, with Catholic Services and I got to be a Lyson officer. They paid for it. And so I go through, identify those in the homeless that just keep on going through the system, whether it's healthcare, fire department, ambulances and that but they want out, but they don't have the avenues to go out. So I go and I coach them. I help them. I get them the services. I'm there for them. I'm their mentor. Take a call 24 seven. So that's what he does. Well, I think it was two or three years ago. He calls me, he goes, Matt, you're not going to believe this. He goes, what? He goes, they just called me and they said that they're going to deputize me and make me a deputy in the city of Olympia. He goes, I said, so what'd you say? He says, I'll take your badge, but I won't take your gun because I'm going to shoot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he says, yeah, I'm, I'm like over 38 felonies in my life. I've been in and out more than anybody. He goes, and now I'm a police officer. Who would have thunk it? He goes, anything's possible. He said, so, so that was really cool. And he really influences a lot of lives and does really well and, and does really well. I think he, they bought and sold three properties with us now, and he's just buying into primary residence sat in that a while bought another residence it's right nearby and then um has that one's going to build a house on the lot next to it because it's subdividable and bigger and now with the new programs yeah, coming in you're he's taking just, somebody who was broken and in the system they've rehabilitated they've become a productive member of society now they're building wealth through real estate yeah it's just absolutely amazing yeah well, police so officers cool. in general they get such a bad rap because yeah. They are so forefront in the media, and the media does such a terrible job of portraying really anything in a positive light. Right, right. So, and it only takes a bad few. Yep. You know, you, you you have a bad few police officers, and they are just put in the limelight 
and it gives all the rest of them a bad name. And yep. then it's just, it's, it's terrible. Kinda, you know what it's, it kind of reminds so cool me of? It's so cool to hear a, a great story like that. Well, it kind of yeah. reminds me of a sports analogy. Remember when Ron Artest jumped into the stands and went after yes, that fan? Yes, I do. Well, he created a bad name for every NBA player. So after yeah. that, everybody said every, every NBA player is a thug. Yeah. So it was a stigma that one one person created this stereotype for an entire um, cast of people. Did he will. change his name after that to like Meta Peace World Meta Peace <laughs> World Meta Peace? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like you know, one of my best friends is uh, is a corrections officer, and he deals with some of the worst of the worst people, mm-hmm. and like to see what he has to go through on a daily basis, and then you got you, then you start involving all the politics and the media on top of that. His job is already hard it's made 10 times harder with all these external pressures of all the other crap that goes with yeah, it. yeah absolutely and I've, i feel for and him. it's the system it's not the individuals it's the no, system it's that the system. needs to be changed yeah the laws and, and guidelines and everything and mental health especially need mental need to be there one. the lack of housing needs to be there i mean these these are our society crying out that there needs to be reform yeah. needs to be changed and it's not it's not an individual basis as much as it is on a systematic it, basis. So I know, and it's like a double-edged sword because in order to fund that stuff, we got to pay more taxes to do it. Right. But if people, so again, problem solution, right? We have this problem of needing to clean up the streets and get people the help that they need, but nobody's willing to pay for it. Right. And there needs to be a basic level, a baseline. Yeah. So my Norwegian relatives, they came over here and I asked them back in 17, as we see fight for 15, you know, a minimum wage, a living wage. And I'm working, the tunnel project just finishing up there um, in Seattle. And so I was in park and ride. So it was from Husky Stadium, all these park and rides up to Northgate Mall. And every night, all these cars are driving out of state. They sleep in their cars. And so many of them, the average was um, somebody in their 50s or 60s, mostly men, maybe one in 12 or 15 would be a woman, uh, usually middle-aged or older, lost their job, lost their 401k, lost their retirement, lost their house, lost their wife and kids, everything left them. Everybody left them. They said, at least I can come here. So why'd you come here? Welcome to Washington State, because I see you're out of state. Why'd you come here? I came here because $15 an hour, I can at least flip burgers and have my dignity back. Wow. So that was that was crazy. So the fight for 15 wasn't nationwide. So I asked my Norwegian relatives, yeah. right. I said, what do you think about this fight for 15? He goes, well, that's slave wages. I go, what do you mean? He goes, in Norway, we just pay a living wage so everybody can live outside of work. They don't allow more than 33 or 30, 33 hours a week and typically seven months out of the year is all you work. Yes. And you have a house or a small flat in town and then a cheap house, a vacation place out of town, a family compound that they all put in for outside of it so totally different way of living um i think the united states is the best country in the world i'm not saying that but we can learn a lot from everybody um and steal 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 great ideas from different yeah. countries so taking collaboration to the next level <laughs> yeah worldwide collaboration yeah. Yeah. world meta peace <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so tell us about so you're a dog guy and ryan's a cat guy Ah, yeah. I like dogs. I have no. I, I love dogs, dude. So Ryan has this picture of his cat, like inside of a lampshade, while it's lit, and it's like head is popping out, and its feet are at the bottom. <laughs> they like, are. You they need to bring becoming, that cat on the show, dude. That would be hilarious. They're becoming uh, the biggest nuisance. So that was just two think? days ago. <laughs> They've learned how to open my cupboards, and oh yeah, they they like to uh, try and get in there. And yeah. and we had steak for dinner the other night. 
They opened the cupboard for the garbage and the, the steak fat was on top. They ate all that. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, they're, they're they're built in composting. That's good. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I I love dogs. I grew up with cats, and yeah. I've wanted a cat for a long time. And a few months ago, uh, my wife went for a walk, and she came home. She goes, "I have a surprise for you." I was like, "Okay, cool." She goes, "But you have to come on a walk." I was like, "F words." Okay, I'll, I'll come <laughs> on a walk. And her friend is still in the driveway, and her friend goes. Oh, you're going to go get cats? I was like, let's go. I'm going for a walk. Come on. <laughs> so we, we walked down the hills about a half mile away. And and so she, I now know that we're going to get cats or possibly. She goes, okay, there's one orange one and three black and white ones. If the orange one is a girl, we will definitely get cats. But we have to get two when I want two girls. I was like, oh, okay. So I go down. I pick up the orange one and flip it over. I was like, it's a girl. Looks like a fucking girl to me. And pick up the next cat. It's a girl. I was like, we're walking home. We get home. Set up the uh, meeting with the vet and for our two girl cats. And the vet's like, you've got two boys. (laughs) (laughs) And they are awesome. The black and white one, super mellow, super chill. Yeah. Um, Fur is definitely thicker. The orange one is such a shithead. Really? Oh, I love it. Yeah. He's so <laughs> The orange ones are usually my favorite. Yeah. Oh. They're mysterious and fun, but good lovers, too. They'll snuggle up with you and everything. No, so not so much. Not that one. No. Huh. Uh, Unless he's oh, in no. a box. <laughs> Literally. If you are holding a cardboard box, he'll get in the box and let you hold them all day long. But if you're just holding them, uh-huh. oh, no. I've, oh, got, I've got scratch marks everywhere. Oh, jeez. And, yeah. and you like Chessies. Yeah, um, this is probably my last Chessie. I've had three Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, which are a large retriever. Are usually 9,500 pounds and um, curly coated. So I've had a dead grass, two dead grasses, which are blondes. And then now mine's a dark, dark, dark chocolate. Um, but they call him a brown and he has really curly brown hair. So that's cool. And just the thickest chest. He's just a meat head. We so, should get your meathead with my meatheads. Oh yeah, absolutely. See what they do. He actually he actually loves other cats and dogs. Really? He's the biggest sweetheart. He has we have a five pound Maltese and he rules the nest. So nice. Oh and it, Jesus is his name's Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> so his head is as big as Jesus. <laughs> so it was Jesus. My wife oh got my him in God. Florida and named to, him Jesus. You have to get on your knees with Jesus. <laughs> and then moved up here. Um every once in a while, yeah, when I Pick it, and he wears a diaper. He's been COVID. He's been COVIDed, so he actually wears a diaper. So, oh no! So yeah, so he has to, he has to have a diaper. I have to pick up his poop because you let him outside, he goes running away. But luckily, he never has diarrhea. So that's a good thing about Jesus. <laughs> we haven't let our cats outside yet. The, <laughs> the very first day we moved in, <coughs> Jesus came over to Gig Harbor. Jesus took off. He was gone. He's down the road. Yeah. So I'm running down the road. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, where you at? Jesus, have you seen Jesus? And the lady's looking at me like, You're the second our new coming. neighbor. Yes. Yeah. Our new neighbor's very religious. <laughs> like, no, a little white no. dog. No, yeah. not that Jesus. No, Jesus. little white dog. Jesus is wearing diapers. You should, you can't He's miss him. He's got a little white diaper on. You definitely oh, will so do good. a double take yeah. with Jesus. I thought yeah. I heard it all. That is so good. <laughs> Probably oh, have a picture of I can show real quick. That is too funny. Yeah, it's freaking hilarious. Can you show it to our viewers? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. So that's my meathead Bjorn. Oh, it's oh so it's much gonna sunlight. Work. So much sunlight. Too much sunlight. Oh. Well, you guys can see. Huh. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a big like meathead. And then, okay. Well, I'll wait because you guys won't be able to see Jesus, but he's a little <laughs> white speck next to that big, huge brown dog. Just have to have faith that he's there. <laughs> yeah, just have faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in closing, Matt, what what would you say just to our audience about? If they're sitting on the fence, I mean, I know we talked about it earlier. So if they're sitting on the fence, you just say, you need to be in the mindset to buy right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you are going to be paying a lot more money come June, July, August. Yep. So traditionally you look at it every year, even if you don't have kids, people traditionally buy May, June, July. Yep. May, June, July. That's when they always buy. That's when you multiple offer situations. That's when the most equity growth happens. And then we have huge lack of inventory. So you're gonna see even more that backlash from 2013, excuse me, 23 happening where there weren't many sales. Well, there traditionally is so many sales a year and we're not seeing that 4,000 sales a month in Pierce County. We're down to three, 400. Yeah. So we're way down less than 10%. That's crazy. So less than 10%. So we're starting to see it come up a little bit, the amount of sales, but we're nowhere near where we were. Yeah. Or where, so, we, where we need to be. Or where we need the to be. The thing is, I mean, you say where we need For to be, I market. say where we need to be, but yeah someone who sells is then going to go buy again like the ultimate yep. place that we need to be is new homes being built yep as a population grows absolutely yeah yeah start a building company let's go yeah <laughs> background civil engineering okay uh, yeah, yeah i know lots of developments but there's no money in it for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> unless i'm building and i'm not doing that anymore you have any so. final thoughts ryan uh no i'm just uh thankful that matt's here and we yeah. got to listen to him and some of these stories again are just super fun. Thank you. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus in a <laughs> diaper running down the street. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks COVID. So yeah. he didn't get to get properly changed. The veterinarian shut down and everything so he couldn't get snipped. So he likes to mark himself everywhere. It's hilarious. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, check us out on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple. All the platforms, Amazon. Allinuncensored.com. Yep, allinuncensored.com. Check us out on Facebook. And you know what today is, Ryan? It's another great day. Thanks for listening.